Our text today, 2 Corinthians 12, is the second letter we have from Paul. He may have written others, but this is the second one we have that was canonized in the Scriptures, written to a church in Greece. This church was deep in deep Greece. Chapter 12, Paul is talking about some wonderful revelations he's received from the Lord going to heaven. God allowed something in his life, at, that, at least at that season, that he didn't like. We're going to dive right into the text. Verse 7. Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me. That's not buffet, that's buffet. To come against me. Lest I be exalted above measure or unless I become prideful. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Verse 10 again, I take pleasure in, and he lists the things that this thorn can be. Nobody knows what the thorn is, but he lists infirmities, reproaches, needs, persecutions, distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The University Press Commentary says that Paul's thorn in the flesh here need not indicate a physical ailment as is often supposed. He may be alluding to the thorn in Israel's side, that is, those Canaanites that God left in the Promised Land to keep the Israelites from exalting themselves. Examples of this are in Numbers 33, Joshua 23, Judges 2, and Ezekiel 28. Scholars debate over exactly what Paul's thorn was. But in view of the context and Paul's buffeting in these verses, it may be continuing persecutions. Or perhaps this messenger of Satan might actually be an ironic insult against a critic or critics. We don't know. And that's not really the point of the verse. Many times in debating issues, you miss the whole point. Christians have been debating for centuries over what this thorn was and missing the point. Just like they do with predestination. Debating for centuries. Is everything predestined? And what does this mean predestined? And they miss the whole point. The point of us being predestined is we are on a path to be conformed to the image of Jesus. That's the whole point of predestination. God is working on us. He's got... A plan in mind, plan A, he's not backing off and going to plan B. Well, let's see if he can become like Thomas. No, we're on a quest to be made like Jesus. Tell your neighbor, God's not done with you. That's what predestination is about. And so I hope to lay to rest the debate on what the thorn is. We don't know, all right? But here's the point, verse 8 In the English Standard Version, it says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of God may rest upon me. That's the English Standard Version. The New Living Translation says, verse 8, Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ can work through me. The Amplified Version says, I called upon the Lord three times and besought him about this. And be- I was amplifying. And begged that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace, my favor, and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger, and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed, and show themselves most effective in weakness. Here's the point I think he's making. When we are at our strongest is when we depend upon the Lord the least. So when I think I'm strong, that's really when I'm weak. I got this, Lord. But when we're weak, we know we have to call on Him. That's really when we're strong because we're leaning on Him the most. Whatever this problem was, Paul had to depend upon the Lord. Maybe it was a bully that just wouldn't leave him alone. And he prayed and prayed and prayed, and God just let it be. This guy maybe followed it from town to town. I know the Judaizers were constantly bothering him. So he had to depend on the Lord because he couldn't fix it. And for some reason at that season, God wasn't fixing it. He was giving him grace to endure, and not just to endure, but to succeed and to bear fruit in that hour of testing. When you and I are at our weakest, If we'll depend on the Lord for his help, that's really when we're at our strongest. That's just the way it is. Or as the title is today, it is what it is. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that your word would bring life to us and encouragement to us. In Jesus' name, may we leave here different than the way we came. Amen. It is what it is. I did a little survey on Facebook yesterday asking people, what are phrases that you hear all the time that may make sense, may not make sense? And I got dozens of responses. One is, Johnny Hampton said he often hears, it's whatever. Someone else said, no problem. Someone else said, yeah, right. Someone else said, whatever. Another Response, easy come, easy go. It's all good. Life's not fair. Why me? Been there, done that. I feel you. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. That's what's up. Everybody's doing it, Mom. We've always done it this way. Nothing but a thing. You only live once. YOLO. Booyah. What does booyah mean? I don't know. Don't judge me. Haters going to hate. Here's your sign. I'm fixing to. At the end of the day, the bottom line is, you think? What it do? If you say so. is 
what it is. This phrase we hear a lot, and maybe we even say it, and when applied properly, it really communicates something that can be helpful. It is what it is, is defined as meaning the thing has its own distinct nature. The thing is itself. The circumstance is simply a fact and must be accepted as such and dealt with because it is it exists. The circumstance must be accepted. So be it. That's life. It is what it is. It's a title of a film, a title of someone's autobiography, and a title of an art project about Iraq. And it's the title of a radio show in Michigan about sports. It is what it is. It's the title of several contemporary songs. It is what it is. In relation to our text today, the thorn that Paul was wrestling with was there. He had to endure and depend on the Lord to give him strength to endure and to do what he called them to do. In our own life, the truth that when we are weakest is when we are strongest because we depend upon the Lord the most, that truth is the truth. You may not like it, but it is what it is. Don't have all the answers. I just know when I'm weak, I need him the most. I depend on him the most, and that's really when I'm strong. It is what it is. That's the sermon. (laughs) If it is what it is, it isn't what it isn't. I'd like to talk to you about that today. It is what it is, but it's not worse than it is. This is it. This is reality. I can't live on the river denial. That's in Egypt. Got to deal with the fact. This is it. But it's not worse than it is. Now, by embracing the fact it is what it is, it doesn't mean, you know, I've got these weaknesses, I'm tempted with these things, so I just need to lay down and just give in to them because this is who I am. Deal with it. Well, aren't you glad when your mommy potty trained you, she didn't hold to that rule? We're all plagued with things that are not good. We have to wrestle with them and depend upon the Lord to help us overcome them, give us a strategy in battle to overcome the things that tempt us. But there are some things that are just there. Maybe it's issues in other people's lives you can't deal with. So you walk in denial or anger or become critical of everything. It is what it is. Now what are you going to do? It is what it is, but it's not worse than it is. You know... It may seem trite, but it is true. Things could be worse. John and Kathy White bought me a shirt. I love it. I'm wearing it under my shirt. This is the Arabic letter that's equivalent to our letter N. This is being spray-painted on houses of Christians that are under attack from ISIS in Iraq. They come to them and say, in one week, you best be gone, or we're going to kill you, or you're going to have to convert to Islam and deny Christ, or pay a huge fine that you can't afford to pay. 
And to show that we've been at this house, because this a gang of thugs is coming here in a week, we're going to put this on your house and in. This stands for Nazarene. The problems you face is what it is, but it's not worse than it is. He went through the worst for us. Amen? So how do you go through tough times? The principle of warfare is you operate in the opposite spirit. Instead of complaining, you give thanks. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul wrote, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You can give thanks because it's not worse than it is, but I think the point of giving thanks is giving thanks that good is going to come out of it. You just can't see it yet. By faith, you're going to make it through. You have to trust Him when you're weak. It is what it is, but it's not worse than it is. And it's not what it was. Maybe your past was glorious. Awesome. And you're sad that you're not there anymore. Maybe you jumped out of the frying pan into the fire. Well, don't jump out of the fire into hell. But trust the Lord. It is what it is. It's not what it was. It is what it is. Lord, I'm going to depend on you. Show me what to do. Help me trust you in this. I'll walk with you through this. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Some of the things in, in the past really are worse than they are now. The good old days sometimes filters out what it was really like, and you just remember awesome things. Remember how great Grandma's iced tea was? You know why it was so great? They didn't have air conditioning. It was awesome. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forget the past, Paul. The evil things he did and the great things he accomplished. It is what it is. Now what are we going to do? Let's move forward. Watch this.
It is what it is, but it's not what it wasn't. Some people actually wish they had a better past. Now let's let our minds think about that. It is what it is, but it isn't what it wasn't. They wish they had a better past. So they spend their time grieving for the past. That's a thorn in the flesh you can pull out. Maybe it's a past that you have regrets for because of things you did or past you have regrets for because of what somebody else did or a combination thereof. It's sad, but you know what? You're still here. You're still standing. You still have history making in your future. That's part of the past or not part of the past. Don't envy someone for their past. It is what it is, but it's not what it wasn't. In dealing with the battle of our mind, spiritual warfare, Paul wrote Second Corinthians chapter 10, the same book, two chapters earlier, he said, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's not demons. That's thoughts. That's in your brain. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Marvin Hull, who owns Mattress World down the road here, said something the other day I just had to write down. He said, we need to hold our thoughts captive until they serve Jesus. Hold your thoughts captive until they serve Christ. If a thought was a thing, and you could hold that thing, maybe you could write that thought down in your heart, that thing that you need to not think about anymore, let your mind dwell on it, you know, I wish I had a better past, whatever it is, hold that thing, put it in jail, and let it cry out from behind the bars, let me out. You say, no, not until you serve Jesus. Until the thought gives glory to Jesus, it has no place inhabiting our minds and consuming our meditation time. Take those things captive. That is warfare. Be ruthless with it. It is what it is, but it's not what it wasn't, and it's not what it's going to be. Things aren't over yet. Beloved, now we are the children of God, 1 John 3, 2, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. The hope of being made like him has a purifying effect in our lives. Years ago, I grew up in churches that sang about heaven all the time. I think maybe we at times could be so heavenly minded we were no earthly good. And we began to sing songs of victory. But I think there's truth in both. To be so earthly-minded, we're no heavenly good. Songs like, oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever. Shout amazing grace on the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice, free at last, home at last, ever to rejoice. It is what it is, but it's not what it's going to be. You're not stuck in this forever. 
It is what it is, but it's not over. It's not over. The psalmist wrote in the 27th Psalm, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's not over. Job cried out, In my flesh I shall see God. And he did. His Redeemer lives. Wait on the Lord, verse 14. Be of good courage, and He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord, Isaiah said, shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Even young men will grow weary. But those who wait on the Lord renew their strength. Spend some time waiting on the Lord. Spend some time worshiping Him, meditating upon Him, casting your cares upon Him. Even though it is what it is, never forget, it's not over yet. Stop living in regret. It's not over. say it together. It is what it is. But I'm not through. I have a choice to make. (laughs) Lord, make us people that live in the now, but we also live in faith. Now faith is. Let's be now faith is people. We face reality. We don't deny its existence. But we deny its lordship over us. Lord, the things we're facing, we declare by faith, they are not going to consume us. But we're going to be consumed by you, Lord. We're going to focus our attention on you in our weakness, Lord. We're going to lean on you for your strength in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I pray anyone here today suffering with the pain of regret, I pray in the name of Jesus that that battle would be laid to rest that we would give you our past and trust you with our present for the sake of your future. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you that our stormy season is leading to a story, from the stormy to the story, from the test to the testimony, the mess to the message. But, Lord, we have to face today. We can't live in denial. So, Lord, help those of us that have been critical, have been complaining, because we don't want to accept things the way they are, but yet they are the way they are. Help us, Lord, to accept them and then trust you to lead us and guide us to do what we're called to do with the power of your grace in Jesus' name. Lord, may we never forget when we're weak, that's when we're strong. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great unknown where feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand, and I will call upon your Above the waves, where all 
oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours, and you are mine. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start now. And I will call upon your name and keep Let me walk upon the waters wherever. 